We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for Thursday, August 20th. I'm Jeff Erickson. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Dynasty Owner. Thank you for your sponsorship this month, Dynasty Owner. Appreciate it. My guest today is Jen Piacenti from Fantasy Alarm. You can hear her on Sirius X and Fantasy Sports Radio as well on a regular basis on the Fantasy Alarm show. So, Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm really flattered to be here. I've been a fan for a long time. I know we've been Twitter friends for a long time, and this is going to be a blast. Yeah, exactly. And I I remember meeting you uh, at uh, a couple times at the Tout Wars uh, get-togethers and all that. I'm glad that you've uh, really stepped up and got a lot of of work here in the industry. It's really good to see. Yeah, it kind of came as a surprise to me, too, and I'm absolutely having a great time doing it. And uh, hey, we have to have our minor victories in 2020, right? So we have some sports right now, and we should all be celebrating that. Yeah, I'm watching the heck out of it. I, you know, there's tons of baseball right now we're watching. I love that. And I know you, you, you do football and baseball like me, so this time is just crazy right now. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, let's jump off with news right off the top here. 
Big news item today uh, is Miles Sanders has a lower body injury, unspecified of nature, but going to be week to week with that. That's that sounds really ominous to me. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Day to day is okay. Don't love that. But week to week doesn't sound good. And of course, then they immediately came out and doubled down that he's going to be the guy. And mm-hmm. to me, that says mm, they're worried. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I'm worried. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm worried, too. I, I wasn't quite at the part where he was going in some leagues. I saw him go as early as like six and seven in a couple of drafts, full PPR, of course, but I, I can't quite get there. I think I'd yeah. probably push him down. If I, I'm drafting tomorrow night in the NFFC okay. draft, and I've got the second pick, so I don't have to worry about the first round. But if this news pushes him down to where I have to consider him at 23, I still don't know if I'm going to take him. Wow. You know, um, I've actually been saying this for a few weeks now that I think he's been overly inflated. I think we've had a lot of time to sit around and look at numbers and decide who we want to be our guys. And Miles Sanders has a lot of possibilities. Absolutely. But seeing him go as early as sixth or seventh ahead of, you know, Josh Jacobs and Derek Henry, I just couldn't get there even in PPR uh, because we haven't seen Doug Peterson really use one main back. And this was before they were saying they were going to give him the bulk of the workload. But even still, I didn't trust it. Um, It's just too early for me. Now, of course, I think what's going to happen in these drafts is we're going to see more late round dart throws at Devonta Freeman. He's really the only guy left on the market that they could go and have back up because you can't just assume that Boston Scott can fill in for Miles Sanders. He's more of a change of pace back. And uh, I think they may be realizing now they do need to have just a little bit more of insurance because injuries happen. If anybody should know that injuries happen, the Philadelphia Eagles should know injuries happen. So not really feeling confident about Miles Sanders right now. Same, same. And like I, I see him like in the NFFC in the online championship. He goes ahead of Joe Mixon. He goes ahead, which he goes ahead of Kenyon Drake. I can't I can see that. But Mixon should go ahead of him, I think, all the time. I, I think they're – I understand the upside with Sanders. And I understand why people get into that. But uh, it's just it, – there's so much risk in terms of workload. We know Mixon's the guy in Cincy. We do. I think the concern with Mixon is people are still worried about contract concerns. So that one I sort of understand. But, um, yeah, I, I think everybody's just gotten too high on Miles Sanders. And I think I think even people are a little too high on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well. Even though I think he will be the rookie that sees the most action, he can be a number one running back. I think we just get so excited. We want to win and we want those guys with big upside. For me, I personally prefer to take a little bit more of a solid floor in my first few rounds of the draft and take my shots at big upside later on. Right. And I also know you're a big Josh Jacobs stand and we'll get into your, uh, your, your, your portfolio, if you will. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I assume that you would take Jacobs ahead of Sanders. I would, um, even in PPR. Yes. And one of the things that I've been saying is, you know, John Gruden is the one coach that if he says something, I think you can trust him. He's a pretty straight shooter. Now, Josh Jacobs came out last week and said he wants to, you know, catch 60 times this year. I don't know that that's going to happen. It's Mm -hmm. a little bit much for him, but I believe he can definitely be used more. Now, he did come off the field last year in third downs, but even still, he had more PPR points per game than Miles Sanders. And that's because it took them a while to use Miles Sanders. But Josh Jacobs gets so many 
touchdowns. Now imagine they just use him a little bit more in the passing game. And you know, John Gruden doesn't like that. His guy didn't win rookie of the year last year. I mean, (laughs) I heard that he's out to prove him wrong, you know, and it goes to a quarterback. Josh Jacobs was arguably the better rookie of the year than, than Kyler Murray. So I feel like there's a little bit of a grudge match here on top of that. I just love Josh Jacobs as a person. I think he is someone that has risen from difficult circumstances. He played those games. I believe it was 13 games last year. Many of them with a separated shoulder. I like his heart and I just am a Josh Jacobs believer. And he's been falling to me in the second round as has Austin Eckler. Two things I don't quite understand. And I think they're a byproduct of this Miles Sanders love, Clyde Edwards, Alaire love mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. So uh, I get the Clyde value. Edwards Hilaire love. I mean, it's keys to the Andy Reid machine. Yeah, um, sure. We, we get it. But, uh, you know, they, it, we still could see lots of others. We could see DeAndre Washington come in and be a part of that, too. I will say Edwards Hilaire will probably, you know, he might have been at risk of losing goal line carries. Maybe Darrell Williams is still part of that. But I don't view Washington as a threat to that. I, I might. I, I don't think anybody currently in Chiefs camp is a huge threat to that aspect of it. But we'll mm-hmm. see. I agree. And Darwin Thompson's no big threat. I mean, I, I definitely think Clyde Edwards Hilaire, it's his job. I do have him as my starting running back in one league in a serious XM combo league. That was a baseball football league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time I was a little concerned that it wasn't going to be enough. And then since then, of course, Williams opted out. So now, now I'm feeling confident about that. And I do think that Clyde Edwards Hilaire will be a value. I just have an issue with people taking him ahead of say like Derek Henry, who was last year's leading rusher. And I know the argument is that Derrick Henry put so many yards on his body last year. Could he possibly do it again? Well, yeah, I think he probably could. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think anything, everything I've read suggests that this year's run defense schedule is actually pretty good for him. Uh, mm-hmm. It might not be so in future years, but uh, you know, it, it, he's pretty well set up. And of, and of course, I think they're now they've got him locked and loaded in his contract. They're there. I think he's just going to, run hard and he's one of the few guys that did get the contract uh, by the way it's, you, know, you mentioned right. that earlier with Mixon you know there's news on uh, Dalvin Cook that they reached an impasse with the Vikings yesterday but uh, with the new collective bargaining agreement I'm not worried too much about sh- like, like holdouts so much mm-hmm. but I could see him being disgruntled a little bit you know if there's any sort of nagging injury he's gonna like well I gotta make a business decision I could see that happening absolutely that's a really good point Jeff yeah, so we'll see. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on with that. But, uh, yeah, Sanders, week to week, we'll see what that means. Uh, hopefully we get some more specificity on that. You know, one of the things, <laughs> it's really hard to get good information right now. I saw you retweet, uh, retweet the Aaron Nagler uh, note, too, uh, from yeah. the, the Packers. It's really hard to get good information. It's yeah, they, they really can't tell you who's running with which team. I mean, so we're kind of going into this blind this year. I mean, we're doing the best. And, and on top of that, we're dealing with COVID-19 yeah. and people that could just suddenly not be playing. I, I guess one thing this year we're going to have to be very cognizant of is making lineup changes at the very last minute paying attention to this news at the very last minute, even more than usual. We've seen that already with the MLB. We've seen the Cardinals have more than a week of games canceled and, and the reds out of nowhere just canceled. And you just have to be aware and you have to be willing to turn on a dime and guys just know, like everybody's dealing with the same thing and you know, it's, it's frustrating, but at least we're all playing with the same playing field. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Have any of your leagues made adjustments to this year to change the rules at all? 
Yeah. I mean, definitely there are leagues that are saying, you know, um, no payouts unless we get through at least 11 games, uh, more IL spots, things like that. Even still, I think we're a little bit in the dark here about what's really the best way to approach, but Hey, we got to play, right? We still got to keep playing. Exactly. Uh, the NFFC is one thing that's uh, changed. Like their second run of free agents, they, they push back a day. Uh, it used to be Friday night and now they're pushing it back to Saturday night. Just, you know, adjusting for the late breaking news aspect of it. Another one of my leagues is going to have a COVID spot on their roster where you, you know, you can just preserve a guy there if he gets, if he has it. And, you know, we're allowing for some later moves and things like that. You just have to be flexible in this environment. Yeah. I mean, already we know that the NFL is a game where you're going to have a lot of injuries. And on top of that, now we have a special injury category. So you have to allow for this. Otherwise it's, it's not going to be fun for anyone. That's right. Um, okay, let's move on to another injury. It doesn't look like it's serious, actually, in this one. We might have got some good news. And that's Devontae yeah. Adams. Uh, got left the field briefly, but then came back. Wasn't on for padded practice at the end, but it was a very short practice, hour and 20 minutes. Uh, we don't know what formations he lined up in, as per Aaron Nagler and everybody yeah. else that's not allowed to report that. But you know, it looks like we're okay in, least, in this instance, at least. I mean, Matt LaFleur had to be breathing the biggest sigh of relief when he came back out on the field because is there any team more, I don't know, just frustrating than the Green Bay Packers when it comes to their NFL draft? You know, if if they lost Devontae Adams, they would have Adam Alan Lazard and like, I don't know, the guy from Burger King catching a ball. Like, it's just, it's such a mess. They kind of disrespected their quarterback. A lot of people believe by getting Jordan Love, who now they're saying isn't, you know, isn't looking good and has a learning curve. Well, duh. We all knew that. Did you guys not watch the tape? Because we did. Why did you reach for him? There's just so many confusing things going on in Green Bay. And had they lost Devontae Adams, I just... I don't even know the character assassination assassination of the Green Bay Packers would have just continued to go on in the media. Right. So, man, and for those people who have rostered Devontae Adams, what an incredible disappointment that would be. So, really praying for the health of Devontae Adams, a wonderful receiver, and praying for that for Aaron Rodgers as well. Right. And what a bizarre offseason. You know, they they only yeah. signed Devin Funches, then he opted out. They didn't draft yeah. a single wide receiver when. You know, I'm no draft expert, but I'm pretty clear. I'm pretty sure that they were lacking uh, depth and wide receiver. He was frustrated sure. with Valdez Scantling and everybody else. There, there's no one they added. It's just it's and, so bizarre. And wasn't this the deepest wide receiver class you've seen in a long time? Right. There were so many wonderful options they could have gotten. And that's what Aaron Rodgers needs is weapons. And it, it's it was just I mean, I give their draft grade an F. Yeah, same. <laughs> Same. Uh, and, you know, Matt, we're based out of Madison, Wisconsin. I'm not there. Uh, but, man, the, the, I could hear the gnashing of teeth every, with every successive pick. Uh, my colleagues at Rotowire are just like, ah, trying, yeah. going crazy. But, uh, no, hey, I, yeah. But, that you know, they at least get to root for a team that actually won 13 games. I'm a Bengals fan, Jen. So, um, oh, really? Yikes. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm one of three here on the West Coast. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> we're not a proud group. Well, I'm an, uh, you know, I went to TCU, so I'm sort of an Andy Dalton fan, if you will. Yeah. So we can agree there. Oh, yeah. I love Andy Dalton. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it was time for a, a change. And when you have a top yeah. three to draft Burroughs, you do it. But 
I really wish him well in in Dallas if he gets a chance to play. And you know, not just was he you know had some good moments on the field, but he was also just a great citizen too. Did a lot of great things. Right. You know, he's a very likable guy. And you know, the, I'm grateful for how he stepped in when Carson Palmer said, oh, "I'm not gonna you know I won't play for you." Uh, he stepped mm-hmm. in right away. If I remember the very first preseason game he played against the Lions, just got buried under, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a really horrible year." And they made the playoffs that year as a rookie. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I'm a fan, especially of his character, like you said. Yeah, fantastic. And I, 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 he's back home in Texas now, and ho- hopefully he does well. So, uh, yeah, good on him. If you've been looking for a new challenge, consider playing Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Leagues are forming now. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky. If you're like me and know you're better than the most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Dynasty Owner, start your dynasty today. We're here on the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. My guest is Jen Piacenti from Fantasy Alarm. Jen, how did you get uh, into fantasy sports? How long have you been playing? Did you do football, baseball first? What, you, what, what was your path into all of this? It, it was definitely baseball first. And it, it came about from me watching baseball all the time and kind of yelling back at the TV and uh, finally deciding, hey, I could do this. I'm going to go play online. And this was, you know, back in the day when MLB still had, uh, you could play fantasy games there. And right. I win. I, I played with strangers and I won and I thought, well, this isn't that hard. (laughs) And then I just kept playing and playing. And of course it does get more and more difficult. The more savvy the players are you play with. Um, but an interesting thing is, um, I was in New York for many years. Um, I'm an actress and a singer and I was singing in a show in New York and I had, um, you know, it had a performance and someone looked me up after the performance and saw my social media and saw me tweeting something about fantasy baseball. He contacted me and said, please know I'm not a creeper. Cause sometimes we get, you know, strange. Yeah. <laughs> imagine. I can only imagine. But I noticed you're into fantasy baseball and you know a lot about the national league at the time. My home team's the Astros. I know boo hiss, but, um, at the time they were national league. This is when they were the last rows. Um, and he said, I have this fantasy league I play in with a lot of hedge fund guys on the upper east side. I can't win. I need help. Would you consider helping me? I thought, all right. So I, you know, check this guy out. Turns out really great guy on the board of directors of many arts organizations. I said, yeah. So we met anyway, long story short, the auctioneer for their league is none other than the Jason Collette. Yes. So nice. I know of this league. Jason- yeah. Uh, I, yes. I, I, you have the super long <laughs> auctions, right? Oh my gosh. They're all day. We have catered in three meals, open bar, Bloody Mary's oh. going all day, food, big screens. Jason comes in and auctions. It's a blast. And then Jason kindly invited me to Tout Wars uh, when they were broadcasting at the XM studios and I met people and basically the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. We always, yeah. you came to that. I've seen you at Foley's a couple of times and mm-hmm. uh, that's, 
And this industry is just awesome in that respect, too. So friendly and welcoming. You know, I've heard a lot of uh, women complain about not having opportunities in industries that they're in. And this is indeed a male-dominated industry, but I have never felt unwelcome. In fact, I've always felt the opposite, that uh, the industry has been very arms wide open to me, like, hey, it's cool to have a woman and have a different point of view, uh, just just to have a different point of view. And I've always felt that way. So I, I give a lot of kudos to the the fantasy industry, actually. Yeah, uh, we, we can improve, but we're, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're right, it is very male. It, it's very white uh, and all that. I happen to be both. So I have benefited from that. Uh but yeah, I, I think we're, there's an honest effort to try to be more inclusive in the community, and also more not just in, on the, the the website and the radio and TV and all that side of it. Just trying to get more people to play. Period. Yeah. I think it yeah. can be intimidating. I think it can be a barrier at times, and, I, and we're trying to break that down a little bit. It can, especially when you start talking about DFS and stacks and sharks and people just get overwhelmed. So yeah, I think it's just about keeping it simple. And I think that's one of the things we can do when we're educating people on how to play is, you know, don't only talk to high stakes leagues, give advice for both parts. And it's so much fun. Once you start playing, it's it's kind of an addiction and it's not just because of the sport itself, but because of the camaraderie. I mean, who doesn't love the trash talk, right? right of course. Of course. <laughs> That's half the fun. And I made a lot of friends playing fantasy sports. So I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think everybody should try it. It keeps you engaged in the game and also with more than just your team. You start to learn more about the game and about the players themselves, and it gets you more excited about the sports. Yeah, it absolutely does. You know, I my path was a little different. Uh, you know, I was I always wanted to, quote unquote, work in sports someday. And mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I, okay, let's try this. I, I was in law school, took a sports and entertainment law class. Of course, it was more entertainment than sports. And the instructor, you know, she she liked sports, but she mostly liked the L, LPGA, which didn't really help in, in terms of like trying to find a way to get into the sports law at all. And I was like, and the basic advice was, oh, go be an agent. Eh, I don't want to do that. So I kind of gave it up. But then Peter Shanky said, I got this great idea. Let's do this. And Kind of took off. I passed the bar, didn't, but I don't practice. So, uh, you know, I'm a recovering attorney and uh, (laughs) let's keep it that way. You know, what's so funny is uh, my master's degree is actually in music. I sang at New York City Opera for a while and some things like that. And, um, I figure, you know, I, I kind of stopped doing that this last year because I was focusing more on fantasy sports and then COVID happened and I, I laughed at myself and I thought you tried to get into an industry that's more secure than entertainment and you thought sports was it. Yeah. <laughs> they canceled the season. Joke's on you, Jen. <laughs> yeah. And, and not to mention sports media. You know, there's all yeah. the you know, consolidation within the uh, sports media, you know, t- t- newspapers. I mean, my goodness, it's just scary how how tough it is for them. Uh, and just in our our little community, we've seen a little mm-hmm. bit of that, too. Uh, yeah. So it's just it, it's it's hey, we'll do our best. Keep keep grinding, do the best we can. And keep like you said, answer everybody's questions. You never know who you who you're going to help out at some point in time. And that that's part of the fun of it too. I, I don't understand people that don't engage uh, when people need help. That's what we're here for. We're here to engage and, and help answer questions and teach you how to build a roster, not just tell you who to draft, but teach you how to think about how to draft. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they understand. And even analysts, there are a lot of analysts out there that, that tout certain guys and they're out talking about tout guys, but they don't actually win very often. It's because they don't understand how to assemble a team or how to, 
how to deal once they're inside the draft. And that's the kind of things that we can, we can teach and we can teach you how to win. And it's not just about, you know, hitting the jackpot on getting one player, right? It's about assembling a team and managing your team throughout the season. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, and this is a lot of that comes with experience, you know, mm-hmm. trying things out, seeing, okay, this worked for me. This didn't work for me. Uh, you have to have a few failures in there unless you're the rare savant. Yeah. But most of us aren't. Uh, no. <laughs> so we do the best we can with that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's fun. Yeah. What's your favorite format to play with football? I know you, we're doing base. We do, both do baseball and football. Moving on to the football side of things. What's what's your favorite t- uh, style of game to play? I mean, I, I prefer still one quarterback leagues. I'm not a big fan of the super flex. I know that that's super trendy. And I, I've had people say to me, like, why wouldn't you love the super flex? Like that quarterback is the one that's the most important on the field. And I say, yeah, but you don't play a game with two quarterbacks. You do play a game with three wide receivers and two running backs usually, but you don't usually see two quarterbacks in the game. So I find it more fun to actually play one quarterback leagues. I like the PPR twist to it. Um, Not a big fan of the tight end premiums and all that, but you know, I'll play, I'll play anything. I really will. (laughs) Yeah. And I play in too many leagues. I keep telling myself I need to pare down Mm -hmm. and I end up with more somehow. Yeah, I've already overcommitted and I'm already thinking like, what have I done, especially with COVID and all the last minute changes we're going to have to make and us being on the West Coast. So we have to get up really early to do them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, uh, the good news is, though, Sunday night, Monday night and at reasonable times. That's true. Thursday true. night, too. And maybe Saturday night of the way things are going. Who knows? But uh, we'll see about that, too. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I get I like Superflex, but and I, I guess it's only because. It's an attempt to try to value the quarterback position in a better way than we currently Mm -hmm. do. When you can, you know, when only fifteen to eighteen quarterbacks even get drafted in our leagues, I get frustrated because, like, hey, I think this guy, you know, Teddy Bridgewater could be pretty good this year in Carolina. He could throw a lot, but it it may not matter. Or you know, it's just there's not really a whole lot of way to benefit from that. You know, the NFL values their quarterbacks so much, but here we are, and we're like. Oh, you took a quarterback before the eighth round. What kind of fool are you? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we don't, it, it doesn't match up. So I, I appreciate all attempts to try to raise the value of quarterbacks, whether it's scoring changes or super flex, but you're right though. It does, you know, you don't have two quarterbacks on the field unless you're the saints. Right. <laughs> unless you got a gadget guy. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I like more starters rather than a lot fewer. I mean, it's kind of the Scott Pianowski approach. You know, mm-hmm. you know give me as many starters as we possibly can. Uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. that way we can use more of the player pool. I do enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like auctions. Uh, I, I, oh, we, yes. We just did our state Rotowire Stake League. We have a, a auction yesterday. We do a side bet where we, uh, you know, total point side bet. We go to this big steak dinner at uh, Taylor's actually in Koreatown in West, in West L.A. And, you know, every year we do this and the losers have to buy the dinner for the winners in terms of the points bet. So it's... I love that. That is great. I love having steaks. I, I am a big, big auction fan uh, for any sport, football, baseball. I think it's so much fun and you can call me girly if you want, but to me, it feels like going shopping, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you can get like the two pairs of fancy shoes and then you can get a bunch of really cool kids and you can just like assemble it how you want. You're not really a prisoner to your draft seat. You know, I'm about to do this draft coming up and I have seat six 
And I'm like, all right, well, I need to, t- I have to take a running back. I have to do this. And you have to do it in that order. And you have to, you know, look at the ADPs with an auction. I can just hope that guys slip by. I can use other techniques. I can learn about who likes who in my league, bid them up. There's just so much more strategy and it's way more fun. It feels way more customized to really be able to get your guys. You don't have to reach for them. You spend a couple more dollars and then you spend a couple less dollars on somebody else. Now, Auctions are often very intimidating for people when they're starting, right. but once you do one, you realize they're so much fun. They're not nearly as scary as you think they are. They're actually pretty easy. You buy who you like and the rest you get on sale. Right. Exactly. I, I love that. <laughs> I love that characterization. That's perfect. And the, yeah. the thing I love about it too is, is for the reason you said, you, you know, we're not incumbent. It's not wholly incumbent on your draft slot. And there have been years where if you don't have a top three pick, you're, you're way behind. Like last year, for instance. The, right. Everybody that started with Christian McCaffrey had a huge head start on everyone. You could draft Lamar Jackson, the Patriots defense, Harrison Butker, and all these others, you know, breakouts at other positions, but you're already behind the McCaffrey owner there. And it's just, you know, the other years, whether it's like Danny and Tomlinson in his peak years or Emmett Smith, if you want to go in the way right. back machine. I mean, it, it was a huge deal. Yeah. I agree completely. And and that's why I'm not a huge fan of the snake. That being said, um, I'm still going to do a lot of snake drafts. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're easier to do. They're quicker. Uh, Most people are used to them. Like you said, it's intimidating. Uh, If you haven't done too many auctions uh, or alternative, other alternate formats there, it can be a little intimidating, but branch out, try it folks. It's a lot of fun. You've got the six pick in this Sirius XM host league that you're doing here this afternoon. This is a tricky spot. Uh, and we, I'm not we, loving it. Yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about this. You know, the pressure of the, 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 the running back pressure. If you take Michael Thomas there, and he might be there. I've actually seen him drop to nine in some drafts now. You know you're not getting a running back on the way back that you like. You're taking one with fleas, and then you have to decide, okay, in the third round do I take this? It, it really changes the thing. And then if you if you push Miles Sanders down like we might be doing, or Nick Chubb with his concussion, Right. It even increases the pressure to try to get a running back early. So that's actually my debate right now. Like, how worried am I about Chubb? How worried should I be about Chubb, Jeff, do you think? (laughs) Honestly, I would rather it be a concussion than a leg injury. Yeah, that's true. We just don't know with the concussion. He could be fine or it could be Kareem Hunt for a few weeks. Um, and, and, And he's never missed a game since the Browns drafted him. You know, so he's been very sturdy so far. So I'm hopeful it's fine. But I'm sitting here in the sixth spot, and I'm like, oh, I mean, that's probably where I'm going to get Chubb. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would. You, you, so you have Chubb that high? Um, in a half point PPR, yeah. It's half point PPR. I forgot to yeah. ask you that. That's kind of yeah. And here, by the way, anytime a little host host tip here, folks. When you're asking about a league, know the format. Kind of helps, but uh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, because half point versus full point is a big deal. Yeah, it really helps a guy like Chubb for sure, or Derrick Henry for that matter. Yeah, and Derrick Henry's the other guy. So that's my kind of my debate. Like if they're still there, I mean, I know Zeke's going to be gone. Christian McCaffrey's going to be gone. Saquon's going to be gone. Even Kamara will be gone in a half point PPR. Right. So the question is, you know, is it Chubb? Is it Cook? Am I worried about Cook? Am I worried about this holdout? You know, there's a lot of questions there. There are, uh, there are. And, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a tough dilemma and someone's going to get that windfall on Michael Thomas and still get a running back in the second round. If he keeps dropping. Uh, too. And that's my the worst favorite part. spot. 
is number 10 right now. And I, I keep getting 10 and I keep getting Michael Thomas and either Austin Eckler or Josh Jacobs. And I absolutely love that start. And usually I'm drafting in PPR and I don't understand why you guys are letting Michael Thomas fall that far, but I'm totally fine with it because I can still wrap back around and get Eckler or Jacobs. And I'm really great with that start. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I'm really warming up to Jacobs too. I, I, although it's funny, I've been drafting six or seven a lot. I haven't actually mm-hmm. drafted out of the ten spot where it would be ideal to try to take him there. But mm-hmm. well, which means probably when I do the NFFC Classic, which is a fourteen teamer, I'm, I'm sure that's you know the most expensive league is where I'll get th- that sort of spot. I'm thinking maybe we'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I usually don't get the McCaffrey spot. I usually am somehow I'm not in the top three. So, uh, but that's fine. I, I do have two tomorrow night, and we'll see how that one goes. Uh, so it should be fun, but yeah. And then, you know, coming back that second round, you know, if you, you're, you're going to get a great receiver or tight end most likely there, what's your, uh, do you have a kind of a rough plan? How like you want the first three rounds to work out for you? I, I would like to get two running backs and a receiver. Um, but a lot of times it hasn't worked out that way. A lot of times I think most of my drafts I've actually started with Michael Thomas. I don't know how it's ended up that way. It just has. And then I've done running back. And then, um, in one recent draft, I then took Mark Andrews in the third, cause I kind of consider him a receiver, if you will, for Lamar Jackson. And it also helps me create some separation at the tight end position. And then I was able to wrap back around and get a, you know, a James Connor or a Todd Gurley in those situations who are usually still there and have a lot of ups. If they stay healthy, they could finish top 10 easily. So that's kind of what I've been doing loosely. But again, I change based on what's going on. I just try to assemble the the best team I can. I don't have hard and fast rules. I know a lot of people say I will not leave without, you know, three running backs in the first four rounds and things like that. I just try to take value and work the waiver wire and trades if I need to later. I like that approach. I agree with that. I think that's the way to go too. Uh, you know, you can. I, sometimes you can script things a little bit, but you got to have the flexibility to move off that. If things, you know, if the room is giving you X, X when you plan for Y, you better be ready to take X. Exactly. Take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level with FanDraft, the online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts by exporting the display via projector or onto a large screen TV for the league to enjoy. It can also be used fully online, and any number of your league owners can join the draft remotely. You can perform both traditional and auction-style drafts. FanDraft also supports IDPs, rookie-only drafts, keepers, and just about any customization to meet your league requirements. You can sign up for a free trial account at FanDraft.com. When you're ready to order the pro account, make sure to use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15% off your purchase. Again, that's FanDraft.com and use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15%. You're listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. My guest today is Fantasy Alarm's Jen Piacenti. Jen does both baseball and football uh, for, for Fantasy Alarm and on SiriusXM. You know, I like that you guys are doing all those uh, those video shoots in addition to the radio stuff. Uh, I like that. I, I think that's a good way to bring people in. I think more, more and more of that's uh, being used in our industry. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah. When I first got brought on at fantasy alarm, I'm just coming on my one year anniversary this year. Thank you. Fantasy alarm uh, for inviting me to the team. We were just doing videos we were just doing live stream. And then I was just doing video presentation. And that's because it seems like people are just watching now. Um, and because it's fast and it, it, it catches attention. And then when COVID-19 started happening and we had no sports, you know, Howard Bender is very smart, our head of content. And he said, you know, I think people aren't taking the time to read and what are we going to write about? So let's just talk on video and see what happens. And I think it was a really smart move, uh, but there are so many ways to consume information and podcasts are such a great one. Cause when you're driving, when you're working, you can just plug into RotoWire podcasts and listen to uh, fantasy football advice um, and videos another way. And I think those are probably going to take over more than the old fashioned written draft guides that I used to go buy at the Barnes and Noble and highlight and circle. <laughs> right. We still have a magazine, uh, but it's more and more get people get their content and not just on websites, but also, you know, so much more now on their phones. And so we had to optimize mm-hmm. the website so it would right. show up better on phones and, you know, Hey, you got to stay up. You have to That's stay right. current. Do it all. Why not do That's everything, do print, do, do video, do an app. You guys have a lot of tools over there, actually. Yeah. So and you're that, smart. <laughs> we try to be. Uh, we try to stay up and, you know, you know we jumped into the app world uh, when we did and at the right time. Got lucky with that, that our timing was pretty good. You know, we were a little after some people on the DFS side of things, uh, but that's mm-hmm. been obviously huge for everything here. A lot of people playing DFS. I like playing DFS. I'm not huge into it. I just it's I think it's a completely different skill. Uh, than the season long aspect of it. I think it, I think you can try to do both, but see also play in too many leagues as it is that I, I don't feel like I could do it right. If I kind of fully dedicated to myself. So I just kind of dabble in DFS. I'm a, I agree. I dabble in it as well. Obviously we need to know it for the industry and I can absolutely, you know, give advice and I do play and I do win occasionally, but I don't like get excited to get up and set my DFS lineups. I get excited to get up and set my seasonal lineups and you play them two different ways especially I think that DFS for football translates easier from seasonal because you're always playing weekly matchups, even in football, but with baseball, you're, you're often playing for the long game. And if you see Christian Yelich is batting under 200, you don't bench him anyway, because he's still Christian Yelich and you have a lot of games to make that up. Whereas in football, you don't. So you're already, I think if you play fantasy football seasonal, you're already kind of primed for fantasy football DFS and you can be very successful. It's a harder switch from baseball, in my opinion, to play daily. Um, What do you think about these new sites like monkey knife fight that do like player props and player prop parlays? Do you have any fun playing those? I haven't dabbled in that yet. Uh, You know, I, I, I I want to, but again, see, it's just so much to consume. And I, I before yeah. I do it, I want to be able to learn it and do it right. So I guess I haven't yeah. gotten into that as much. You know, I also I have so many outlets as it is for my geekdom that I. <laughs> and, and the thing is, uh, you know, especially like uh, you know, California hasn't had like you know sports betting introduced yet. They tried, they pushed right. for it at one point, it didn't happen. I'm fine with that actually. I you know, yeah. It used to be when I'd go to Vegas, I'd spend you know, good chunk of the time in in the sports book. And I don't anymore. I, yeah. I, I play poker or I do whatever, you know, on our annual uh, RotoWire trip in the summer, you know, my wife will come up with me and we'll spend some time at the pool. We'll do stuff that way. You go to Top Golf. I'll, I'll kind of just like, you know, granted, it's during the ba- all-star break during base in the middle of summer. Right. So there's not as much to bet on anyhow. But, 
you know, even when I go do a draft in March or in, in August for the NFPC or NFFC respectively, I'm still not spending that much time in the sports book, even though there's plenty in that. I just, I feel like I have enough outlets and I know I'm, it's, it seems like it'd be, there's a natural correlation, but I just, I, I haven't jo- dove, dove into that as much. It's interesting because I think that in this season that sports wagering is going to become more popular simply because people feel frustrated with being able to roster for a season. I know a lot of people didn't want to play fantasy baseball at all this year, which I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I'm playing and it's incredibly frustrating, but the one thing they can do is, is bet on a game or bet on a pitcher. So I think there's some growth there that's happening. Um, and I think it will be legalized soon. So it's interesting. I, I'm having fun sometimes betting on the games and betting on pitchers I like. Um, but yeah, it, it is a completely different thing. And I think that's one thing people don't necessarily get that seasonal DFS and sports wagering three completely different beasts. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I probably, if, if they gets to the point where it's uh, legal in California uh, and mm-hmm. I can just do it on my phone, eh, I'll probably do it. But uh, until then, uh, I'll, I'll kind of keep that to a minimum. Say hello to your new favorite place to play fantasy football for real money. Underdog fantasy. With Underdog, all you need to do is the fun part, draft. Forget about injuries, trades, waivers, and setting lineups. Just set it, forget it, and wait for the winnings to come in. This year, they have a $1 million tournament. That's right. Just draft the best team, and you have a shot at $1 million in prizes. Sign up for Underdog today and enter the Best Ball Mania for a chance at $1 million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com. That's underdogfantasy.com or searching for Underdog Fantasy in your app store. Be sure to enter the code ROTOWIRE after you make your first deposit. You're listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. My guest is Jen Biacenti from uh, Fantasy Alarm. Jen, last, last topic here. Who okay. are your most frequent draft targets? Who have you been ending up with the most? I know we've mentioned Josh Jacobs a little bit uh, and, and Michael Thomas. How about deeper into the draft? Are, who, are, who are your guys? Yeah, deeper into the draft, you know, I am one of the people that is buying in on some Hayden Hurst hype. Um, I do think he will get at least 80 targets in that Atlanta offense who had the most um, offense last year, 650 something total targets. Um, And they have no more... um, Mohamed Sanu. And there's just, there's just a lot of reasons. And this guy was a first round draft pick. He was always stuck behind Nick Boyle and Mark Andrews. And I don't think it's any coincidence that they traded him away to a team that they only face every four years. So as far as a late round dart throw, I really like Hayden Hurst. I like Michael Gallup. I know a lot of people think that there's no room for three receivers in Dallas, but do you realize Randall Cobb ran for about 800 yards last season as the third receiver over there? There's right. plenty of opportunity. Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper actually finished with the same points per game in standard leagues, something else they don't realize. He's one of Dak's favorite targets, and Amari Cooper's going to see a lot of double coverage. Michael Gallup's the guy I get a lot. I, I I'm with it. you on that. Uh, let's yeah. talk Gallup real quick too, because yeah. you know, he got more targets than Cooper in the second half of the season. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, and he's wide receiver right. 32 in the NFFC online uh, online championship right now. I'll give me that all day. Absolutely. And if you're talking, if you know that the Dallas Cowboys have an offense that you want a piece of. To me, there's no debate as far as value. You can take Amari Cooper really early, or you can wait a couple more rounds and maybe get the exact same production out of Michael Gallup. Yeah, 
I, I, I love it. I, I am. I, and he, and you know, I know, know that, uh, they, they drafted Lamb and Cooper might be around for more than another year, but Gallup's got, you know, wide receiver one potential still. I mean, he's got yeah. those skills. Uh, and yes, I, I also think that Dallas will throw more than other teams. So that will also they help will. alleviate that a little bit too. Last year, they spent 357 targets on wide receivers. Michael Gallup saw an average of 8.1 targets per game and Amari Cooper saw an average of 7.4. People just don't realize that he's not the guy that's going to get kicked off the totem pole. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, how about another uh, running back? Is there any other running backs you get after? You know, we all have our, you know, you get your first, whatever first round one you get. You know, well, usually it's for you, it's Jacobs or it's Eckler. How about like your RB2 or RB3? Is there another one that you, you've been targeting at some point? So my RB2 has often been James Conner. And I get that he is a major injury risk, but if he doesn't get injured, he's just going to be an absolute beast. And I'm willing to take that risk because of the potential, um, payback I'll get. So he's one of them. I also don't mind some Jordan Howard in Miami. I'm avoiding Melvin Gordon. I don't like the situation there. I don't feel confident that he's the number one back over Philip Lindsay, like a lot of other people do. Um, and I do have one or two shares of Todd Gurley because again, that Atlanta offense, they don't really have anyone to back him up. I understand that he has injury issues and nagging arthritic knee, but he's played through it before. And I feel like he has a lot to prove on a one-year contract. So I'm also often taking him uh, in the fourth round. And then Chris Carson, who's someone that is is somehow falling as well. I know he fumbles a lot, but they stuck with him last year when he did. Again, a very run-heavy game. So Chris Carson's another guy that I end up getting a lot in the fourth round. See, I've been avoiding Carson. I think I'm just doubling down on being wrong. Uh, I'm stubborn (laughs) that way. I just... I, it's not that obviously Penny's on the pup list and it would be a while before he enters the picture again, but I just think Carson's running style is so high and he, and like you alluded, he does fumble, but he did get the job last year and they have shown that, you know, they want him to be that. And they, it, Brian Schottenheimer wants to run the ball. I get all the arguments in favor. I've just got this fear of him, I guess. Maybe I have to get, you know, power past that one. Yeah, I totally get that. Another guy um, late that I haven't gotten yet. That is even more interesting now with the Chubb news, of course, is, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So, you know, that's a guy that was, is going to, that's a very run heavy game. I am, if you know anything about me, you know, I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan. I think they're going to go even more to the run game this year. Mm-hmm. And Kareem Hunt could even be starting out the season now, depending on this Chubb concussion with uh, more touches. And even if Chubb plays, there's a big opportunity for Kareem Hunt who often gets into the end zone as well. Right. Uh, now, do you consider taking both Chubb and Hunt or is it just one or the other? Usually, I mean, it's one or the other for me, um, but I do understand that strategy and I think that's fine. Um, but usually I try not to take an entire backfield. Right. I, I get that. I understand, you know, getting the top back up when it's clear cut and it's also affordable. Uh, but those, those, that confluence doesn't happen that often, but right. I, I'd get Zeke and Pollard if I could, uh, just because I think it, Pollard can play. I think he's yeah. really good. Uh, but I, I do think that they're, uh, it's it, often it's too cost prohibitive to get both. 
Yeah. And I do think one thing that is important to note is there's a difference between a handcuff and a change of pace back. Right. And that's something that I think gets confused. You know, Kareem, Kareem Hunt is a change of pace back. He will have opportunities. So if he's falling really late in drafts and you want another guy to compliment, say your Austin Eckler, you got earlier in your PPR league, that, that could be a good choice, but he's not necessarily just the handcap. And there are, there are situations like that where you need to be sure that just because a guy's a change of pace back, it doesn't mean they're going to become the handcuff if you're the lead back goes out. So don't misunderstand what you're getting. Right. I think that's a very good point. Uh, finally, uh, can I get a fade or two from you? A fade. Oh, let's see. Who am I fading? Okay. This is going to be very, very unpopular. I'm fading OBJ. Really? Yeah, I know. I'm the only person. Chris List will have words with you on that one. But, I'm the uh, only person. I don't think you're the uh, only but, person. I don't think you're the only person at all. I, I look at where he goes in drafts, and yeah. But I, I yeah, I, I understand the reticence in taking him. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, he's an injury risk to me. I don't believe in a Baker Mayfield comeback. They're already a, a mess. Look at what's going on with this Chubb injury. They've already got their own team attacking each other. I just, it's just, I don't like it. I don't like the Browns. I want no part of the Browns and uh, except for the run game. And yeah, I'm fading OBJ. I don't believe it. I think his ego and Bakers don't go together. I, I hope Kevin Stefanski can help that situation out. But, uh, yeah, OBJ is my fade. All right. Very good. Uh, Jen, what are you working on next? What, what can we uh, expect to see from you at uh, fantasy alarm? Uh, fantasy alarm. I'm doing NFL player profiles by video. I'm on live streams with them a couple times a week. Every Friday night, I'm on Sirius XM with uh, Justin Finsterman on Alarm After Hours. And I have a new podcast that just dropped last week. It's a quick 15 minutes. It's myself and Chris Meany and Eric Young. We do twice a week, 15 minutes. We give you um, wagers and lines for um, hockey and baseball. So we very quickly go through how you can bet run spreads totals. Uh, we have player props at monkey knife fight. If you sign up at monkey knife fight, use the code stacks and you'll get some bonuses there. And it's pretty fun. It's quick, easy listen. And it just kind of helps you dip your toe into sports wagering. If you've decided not to play season long this year. Awesome. Sounds fun. It is. All right. Very good. Well, Hey, I want to thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, good luck in your draft today. Looking forward to seeing what you get out of the sixth spot. And, uh, Looking forward to crossing paths soon. Thanks so much, Jeff. No problem. That's Jen Piacenti from Fantasy Alarm and SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. want to thank uh, all, all of our sponsors for jumping in with us, and especially Dynasty Owner for sponsoring us this month. Coming up tomorrow, more Fantasy Sports Radio, or more of uh, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we've got a podcast every weekday this week, so stay tuned. Thanks again for listening.